This is your Other Brothers Podcast. Welcome, friends, to your other brother's podcast, Navigating Faith, Homosexuality, and Masculinity Together. From the Jewel of the Blue Ridge, as always. Well, not as always. That's a lie. Sometimes. Most of the time from the Jewel of the Blue Ridge. My name is Tom, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us on this here episode. Joining us from the other side of the state, from the city of Oaks, it's our other brother, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hello, everyone. Hello. And joining us from the city of Forts, it's our other brother, Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Hey, yo. Team New School, if y'all listened to the last episode, we're like we're, we're in this competing factions of the podcast now where it's New School, Old School. So um, y'all are my New School crew, even though I'm not New School. Y'all are, I'm honorary New School with you guys. So I'm so glad you're back on, on the Yogcast. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Glad to be here. And uh, I'm not a very competitive person, so um, I'm willing to see whatever <laughs> uh, whatever claim. You, are, you aren't, but you are, though, because you have board game palooza in your house. You love board games. So maybe it's, but it's probably more about just the time spent with people playing versus like you need to win at all costs, right? Yeah, just like Is recording the, the podcast. It's all about the time spent <laughs> with you guys. Quality time. See, this is an issue because I'm actually the exact opposite, Ryan. I am uh, extremely competitive. And so the fact that Tom has now framed this <laughs> podcast and the old school and new school as a competition, every fiber of my being is saying we must win now. So I'm thinking of ways of like how, how we can win, which doesn't make any sense and it's not helpful or good. And the way, yeah. And so <clears throat> the ways to win, I guess, when we're talking about podcast teams and episodes is, is basically the downloads, right? Who Who's listening to more? Are they listening to us? Are they listening to you guys? Are they Ooh. listening to Dean and Matt more? What, what's the... So if there are ways to, uh, to increase the draw to this team, ways to listen, things to spice it up. I mean, by all means, Jacob, take, take control of that. I'm not going to complain about more downloads <laughs> on these episodes see that's a yeah that is a fair metric the issue though is that as a computer engineer my first thought is to create a <laughs> bunch of fake bots who are then going to uh download episodes that i'm on hundreds ah. of thousands of times that was my first thought Thus, too jacob as of, also a software person yeah so. but that only it's helps surprisingly out the show, easy, right yeah so because then because then but what theoretically wouldn't that attract <laughs> these advertisers that we're looking it would for be, even though we it would love, be awesome we love our sponsors <laughs> we love them don't get me wrong we have a great one here today right. but um, right but that would only help the show right if y'all did that for me for all of us so like every other episode has like a million downloads. Wow, they really bounce back and forth. Like <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> spikes every time that I'm on. No, that would be that would be. Or bad. if I if we just um, mentioned that someone listening could do that if they want to. If they want we can't stop you. I can't say don't do that. <laughs> like if you want to just create these bots. It's true. I don't know how that That's works. True. 
listeners, for those who I I like to think I don't think this is this is this is true, but I like to pretend that there is a tiny subset of our listeners who are fans <laughs> of me. So I'm speaking to you, three or like four people just fans who are of like you. we really only listening really like of Jacob. You. Yeah, they don't even okay, like yeah. either of you. <laughs> they just want, so I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at you. <laughs> we need to win. So team team Jacob, Jacob is rising again from from the ashes. We're bringing it back and we need we need to win and we need your help. I need your help. Uh-huh. It's a shame there's not an Edward on the other team that we could have some sort of twilight metaphor going here for team Jacob and team Edward. It's true. Alas. Um, but anyway, y'all, nonetheless, um, however many people listen to this episode, I think it's going to be a great episode. You guys, we are having the talk today. Are you guys ready for the talk? Yes. <laughs> y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's very excited, very eager. Yeah. Jacob, maybe a little less so, but we're going to talk about sex today. Uh-huh. That's what I mean by when I say the talk. Also known as the birds and the bees, which I have never understood. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, it goes by lots of names, but uh, but yeah, that's what we're talking about today. And it's a uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I am looking forward to to the conversation. I don't like to talk about it too much at the top because you know that's what the the main part of the episode is for, but but this topic generated quite a stir, quite a bit of feedback in our Yabbers group, which not to say that our other podcast topics don't, but I definitely noticed a little bit of an uptick. Like this struck a, a chord with a lot of people. So I feel like I was pleasantly surprised by the that the response when I told them this was going to be our topic today. So I'm excited to dive into into this with you guys. All right, right off the top I want to. I've already mentioned this on the Yabalog. The Yabalog is our monthly bonus podcast, which came back recently, which is exciting. It's good to have that extra episode a month of bonus silliness, ridiculousness that just happens. It just there's no way I can make it onto the regular show. Um, but I mentioned on the episode that I'm tinkering you guys with a brand new editing program for these podcasts, and I think in the long term it's absolutely going to increase the quality of of this of these productions and kind of increase the creativity, the dynamic dynamicness. What's the right word? Dynamism? (laughs) I don't know. But um, it's going to make it just more dynamic. There's more possibilities, more creative things we can do with the podcast. Um, But in the meantime, there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be a little bit of uh, awkward transitions and things that aren't quite as sleek maybe as my more more basic audio audio editing program was before. So um, so yeah, there's a bit of a delay last time getting the episode out and uh, along with all the other medical things going on in my life. So it was uh, was a little bit of an adventure getting the last episode out there. But hopefully the goal is, I mean, the goal anyway, every episode is to make a better episode and to, to make a better product every single time. So hopefully, hopefully that trend continues with today's episode. But I just wanted to mention that about our our last episode. There are a couple couple things that uh, that weren't completely up to my standards, which I know my standards are ridiculously high. But that's that's just the way it is. Um, and I'm also for the first time that you know I can't even remember. It's been so long since I have done a podcast recording sitting down. I'm on the floor in the corner of my studio sweating up a storm. It's like 90, deg- 90 degrees in my <laughs> air conditionless apartment. And uh, I'm on the floor, again, striving for the best sound quality with a blanket behind me. If only y'all could see the, the, the visual right now, Jacob and Ryan can. But, but um, I do this for the people, you guys. So I hope, I hope y'all appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, Thomas, how art thou? <laughs> art thou will? I'm good, Jacob. We're going to use that take. We're going to use it. <laughs> I'm Jacob. I'm doing so good. I just today came back from my third, that's number three, um, IV treatment, third of four. So I've got one more 
and then I'm healed forever. No, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I've got these four IV infusions and uh, I've got three under my belt now. I just got out of my third one a few hours ago, just in time for this recording about the sex talk. Man, what a great great time. I even got out like two hours early. They did. I had no idea. You know, I knew nothing about IVs and any of this stuff before my medical journey began (laughs) a couple months ago. Um, And apparently that you can like speed it up. And so there's a little dial and they turned up to to turbocharge um, (laughs) because they just wanted to make sure that the drugs weren't creating a reaction in my system. And so after two, you know, I had some little, a little itchiness, a little coughing, but it wasn't anything like super problematic. So, so she, when I got in there this morning, she came and she came and looked at me and, and confirmed that I've had no reactions. And I said, Nope, I've been feeling pretty good. And she's like, okay, we're going to turn it up. You're going to be out of here in like two hours. And normally I'm there for five, at least five. If the first time mm. I was there for six. Mm. So like, two hours. Like, man, I was expecting to, you know, I brought my, I always bring my laptop and a book and, you know, a snack. And I've got like, you know, I, I have my whole, my whole day lined up at the hospital, but I was <laughs> in and out before lunch and it was, it was beautiful. So I'm doing great. I wanted to show you guys visually my arm. I don't know if y'all nice. saw the picture that I posted, but I've got this like funky, like purple, oh, yellow, oh, green bruise forming on my arm, which doesn't hurt. It's, it's, Ouch. it looks, I mean, it feels fine, but it looks hideous and it's, it's kind of gross looking, but it's also kind of cool. So that's, that was my show and tell. And I realized that the mm-hmm. podcast listening audience can't benefit from that. But oh, I can see it. Oh, they're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> no, what I can do though, is I can post a picture on, on the blog. So if oh, that was that one of, hey, hey, click over to Tom, the blog, Tom, you can do that. We're, we're, we are trying to get our episodes to have yeah, more, it's more, more it's hits more and interactive. more listen. So if you're, if you're showing images of kind of nasty uh, bruised up arms, <laughs> it's not going to help our ratings. And at this at this point, from this point on, I'm all about, all the, about ratings. the ratings. Yeah, so that's my update. Thank you guys for continuing to pray. I'm doing well. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Maybe by the next podcast episode, I'll have a new update about the next phase of this, uh, this remission journey that I'm on because I'm about to see my rheumatologist again and look at the blood counts and kind of see, see where things have have progressed over the last month. So, so yeah, thanks for all the prayers. Stay tuned. This is the riveting drama of season three of your other brother's podcast. Will Tom survive? Stay tuned. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, before we get into the topic, I'm ready to dive in. I don't know if you guys are, I'm ready to start talking about sex, but before we get there, um, you know, we've mentioned pair of thieves on this podcast. They're like the unofficial sponsor of our show at this point, right? I think we've mentioned them more than Mm -hmm. any other like actual product. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We love we love our pair of thieves um, undergarments here here at your other brothers, um, or at least in the new school crowd. I'm, I can't speak for for team old school, but they have freaky I've underwear. Never, I've never asked Matt what underwear he wears. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh hello Matt, if you're listening. Um, okay, but you guys, so I have I have okay, so I have pros and cons now to bring up with pair of thieves. I hope they're listening. I hope they're taking my feedback mm. both ways. Um, Big shout out to Pair of Thieves. During this coronavirus pandemic, yes, that is still a thing. If you're listening to this in the future, we're still suffering that. Um, <laughs> during this pandemic, I saw that they were selling masks because a lot of pretty much, I, was, I would feel like most, if not all of these clothing companies are you know selling masks now. That's a thing that's pretty common. Very strange at first, but now it's like pretty commonplace. You go to their website, you can find masks. So I ordered this three pack of masks from Pair of Thieves because I trust them. Mm. I've, I've built a relationship with them these last three or four years. And um, I got to say, you guys, I don't know what mask wear you're doing. We haven't talked masks on this show yet, but their masks are stylish. They're smooth. They're breathable. I 
honestly, I love wearing a mask in public. Like we're not going to go into mask rants about why some people choose to wear them, not to wear them in different states and spikes and all that stuff. But uh, I'm just saying for me personally, when I wear these masks, they like I choose the right color scheme that goes with what I'm wearing that day. And they look good. They feel good. I feel safe. I feel like I'm doing my civic duty and protecting those around me. And especially as someone with an autoimmune disease now, like I'm just being extra careful. And and it's just really, I, I just have nothing but love for Pair of Thieves for the masks that they put out. Um, before I get to the cons, like, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, what's what's your mask game like right now? What, what What's your mask life look like? Well, first, I just want to say that it's it's just a little bit unsettling because all of the words you just used to describe their masks are the same words that they use to describe their underwear. And I can't <laughs> help but like picture them in their factory taking taking underwear that they've already made and said, hey, we need to turn these into masks <laughs> and just cutting them up and so on. It hugs some your crotch and it hugs your chin. Stuff. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's like, I can't help but think it's just the, Beautiful. they just took the fronts of, of their underwear that they've already like figured out and then just shoved that on your face. And there's something about that. That's literally like copy and pasted thing. the, uh, the marketing copy like, Oh yeah. Three advanced 3d pouch to yep. hold everything in place. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing because the, there is a pouch. It's like it goes over your nose, so it's like. It Are you sure this nose. is a mask, Tom? <laughs> yeah, they're not it's chunks. Not, I that's promise Tom, I didn't, you didn't order chunks by. You didn't mistake. order masks. Yeah. You bought. You bought three uh, thongs, and you're just no, wearing them on so your head. Well, I love them. You don't even I know. Love, I love it so much. But do y'all have any special? Do y'all have any special masks, or are you just wearing those like boring medical masks? No shade if you're not. If you are, but uh, I was just curious. So. My favorite clothing company, um, which I won't mention because I don't want to offend our uh, our sponsor, Pair of Thieves. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> they released some masks also, and I bought nice. them. And they're you know made in Los Angeles and um, high quality fabric and all that. But uh, so I am going to a wedding at the end of the month uh, for my dear friend Katie's getting married, and um, I googled formal wear masks to find. <laughs> Um, to find one because that's a and this website, now. yeah, and and so this website that sells a lot of ties, they also had some masks, um, and I found one that hopefully will match the tie I want to wear, um, and so I am uh, stepping into the field of um, of dressy dressy masks uh, and dressy masks. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. Whoa. So unlike you, Lemons, my masks are actually all handmade by my mommy. So she oh, has now sent that's me so cute. I love three it. masks that um, that she has made. And on the on the inside of the um, last one that I got, that is also a uh, pleated mask that um, she made. It says uh, uh, sewn in. Says uh, God is our refuge and strength wow so cool. beat that pair of thieves, thieves can, thong underwear can't beat that. Thong I, 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 that is beautiful i must say way to go mama <clears throat> mama jacob <laughs> yeah so so right off the bat yeah i just wanted to give some love love to pair of thieves for for their mask game because i'm i'm loving it um it was weird because like when this whole pandemic started none of us knew like again what the timeline of it was and i thought like why invest in a three pack of masks when, you know, we're going to be out of this in two weeks. Like what's the point of getting them? And then that was very evident that that was not going to happen. And clearly this is the long game. Like I have like, so now I have four masks in my rotation, you know, keeping them, uh, keeping them in the loop as I, you know, keep them cleaned and regular, 
regularly. And, um, and who knows, maybe if this goes on for another decade or another few years, I'll, I'll acquire more pair of thieves masks. But here's the thing, you guys. <laughs> I may have found another lover as far as as far oh. as my underwear game goes oh, no. because I, I i figure you know we've got to keep the people up to date right with what i'm wearing i the thing is when you go to the pair of these website and then you're on facebook facebook then knows like oh this person wants underwear and wants underwear nonstop. like so so then i scroll through facebook and like there's 17 <laughs> other companies that are trying to get me to get their underwear including pair of thieves like they're they're in the rotation as well and so mm. i saw one the other day the name really like did like it really resonated to use that word um the name of the company resonated and i had to try it and this was this is actually a few months ago before i got sick i mean you guys i've been sitting on this for such a long time um this happened months ago months ago <laughs> i get it um, and I decided, you know what, they're offering a deal for like new, new people, new, what is it? Subscribers, new purchasers. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll jump on this customers, deal and just um, <laughs> customers. There's <laughs> like, there's a simpler word out there. Humans, new humans. Um, <laughs> and so I tried it out. Smith, Tom <laughs> and the reason I tried it out because you guys like, I mentioned on one of our episodes, you can go back and listen. I don't know where we had a big underwear episode. Um, well, we didn't talk about underwear for the episode, but we had a big segment in the intro that was focused on the underwear. We probably will have an underwear episode at this point um, sometime in the future. But um, oh, yeah. we mentioned kind of like how we were raised, right? And so raised as a tidy whitey person and then became, I tried out boxers for a while and then moved to boxer briefs. And that was kind of just like, it's like the, the happy medium of everything, right? Boxer briefs. It's like you get the the room and you get the, mm. the fit and everything. But But I was feeling a little just like, there's got to be more though. There's got to be more to life than this just medium, this mediumness. And, um, and so when I looked at pair of thieves and I saw their website, they had something called the slim fit boxer. I tried that out and fell in love. I was like, I'm never going back like this. This gives me everything that I need down there. Like everything, it feels loose, but secure. And it also is more exciting and not as ordinary as a boxer brief. And so I felt like this was my arrival. Like I have found after 30 years in the wilderness of trying out literally 17 different brands and styles and never feeling quite satisfied. This was it. The some fit boxer from pair of thieves. I, I was, I was home you guys, but here's the thing. Apparently nobody else is in the home with me because on the website, they never update it. They have the same ones. Never, they're never restocking their supply. Mm-hmm. It's very limited. And I keep checking like every couple weeks to see if they've added a new style or at least, at least replenish the ones. Cause I, I could get seven of the same kind. That's fine. I'm not complaining. I just want it to fit, you know, but apparently nobody else is wearing this because they're not updating their website and making it available. <laughs> and so I've had no choice pair of thieves, but to go back out into the wilderness and search again because I need something else. I need, I need to, I need to keep replenishing my supplies every, however often. And so when I saw this website pop up with the deal that they're offering, I was like, okay, I love the name. I'm going to try it out. And you guys, I don't know. It's still early to say in our relationship, but this company is called warriors and scholars, which is incredible. And then, <laughs> Warriors and scholars. I should have brought a pair with me to look at their logo. I think their logo is a pen. I know the pen represents scholars, and I think the warrior might be like an axe axe or something. I forget. Y'all could Google it right now if you want to check it out. But warriors and scholars, and it feels softer than pair of thieves. 
it's a little longer than I would like it to be. I still think I preferred like the length of pair of thieves, but, but the quality I feel like is slightly better and, um, and fun designs as well, which is always fun. So I don't know, this is a TBD to our TV to be continued story. Um, the ball is in pair of thieves court. Like I give it back to pair of thieves and say, Hey, if you can just freaking add some more designs and items to your store on the slim fit boxer side, I would be so happy. I I'm, I'm back. I'll come back home like the prodigal son. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I do, I do kind of like this trend of like branding your underwear after like uh, Dungeons and Dragons parties. <laughs> like you've got your pair of thieves, you've got your warriors and scholars. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to hold out for like cleric and wizard. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Underwear. Once, uh, once my underwear too can be magical. That is, that is when I will pull the trigger. So, Tom, um, how much are we talking for a pair of warrior and warriors and scholars? I, scholars I don't know. For like I said, much? I got, I got a deal when I, when I got my two pair. I got a two, I got two pair like several months ago. So, um, gotcha. So there, I think the prices are comparable though. Like when you look at a pair of these versus um, versus this one versus you know all the other ones out there. Like of course you're paying a little bit more or even a lot more in in you know some instances for some of these pairs or or packs. But but think about what you're getting in return and think of the self care you're showing yourself. Like again, life <laughs> is too short to live in in mediocrity. I just I can't I can't be there. I can't Haynes. live in Haynes country anymore ever again. <laughs> Apologies to all of our Haynes wearers out there. But I encourage. Oh, I don't you, think. I, don't I think also encourage all to have any hands to something, something greater. You know, Haynes wearers listen to the radio. <laughs> they're, they're <not> <laughs> they don't listen to you. They're, they're not listening to this episode right now. Or Fruit of the Loomers. I was, you know, I think I was more on the Fruit of the Loom. I don't know about you guys growing up. I think Fruit of the Loom was my, uh, not my choice. This is my mom's choice <laughs> for me mm, uh, yeah. back in the day. All right, so that's your underwear roundup. I'll be sure to keep you guys updated as things continue to uh to evolve and uh i know i know everyone's everyone's on their hands and feet just on their on their what is it <laughs> their hands and feet <laughs> what's the thing <laughs> they're on their uh or just Kendra on their hooks. feet you and your words you and your words today tom i'm a this warrior is, and a scholar this is, uh, this is rough i think whenever <laughs> we get a guest we need to interview them real quick about their underwear <laughs> so what are you wearing <laughs> mm. like the Oscars Tell me, it does seem a little Tell bit on your the nose underwear though, right? I mean everyone's got an underwear journey one way or another it's true that's yeah. that is actually true and I will say that while I I only own two pairs a pair of these pair of thieves I do actually put on a pair every time that we do you really record an episode so ever since ever since that that episode uh-huh. that we first talked about them I have worn their their underwear, wow. every single one that I'm on. I thought I forgot so. It term. translated. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It definitely translated. Um, well, you guys, we underwear talk is done <laughs> for this episode. We'll have it again soon, sooner than later, I'm sure, with knowing us. Um, I wanted to give a big shout out to our two amazing, beautiful listeners who called the Yob line for our last episode. Uh, we were able to feature two listener calls on our show. And that's just, it was so cool. I loved, you know, I get a notification when someone leaves us a message. And so it was so cool to, to listen to their messages and to play snippets of it on the show. Um, it really does add a new layer, um, speaking to the top of just like a new editing program and just adding new dynamic 
voices and segments to our show. Um, it was really fun to be able to play those back for our entire listening audience. So again, I encourage you guys, if you hear something on this episode, um, or even if you go back and listen, if you're new to the show and you're like binging, cause we get bingers all the time, you guys, um, if you're binging through the episodes, you find one that really just like stirs up a story that, that you wouldn't mind sharing. Um, you can call our phone number anytime and leave a three minute or less episode, uh, a message for us. And, um, and if you don't mind us putting it out there, we would love to, to kind of share stories and, or if you have a question, if you just want to ask us a question related or unrelated to what we're talking about, like, feel free to just call the number, leave us, leave us, a, drop us a line, ask us a question. And, uh, and yeah, we'd love to kind of add literal voices to the show. So 706-389-8009, save us in your phone, you guys put us on speed dial and call us as much, literally as much as you want. I say that, but I'm like, if you call every day, it'll probably get a little old, but you know what I mean? Call, feel free to call. So big shout out again to, uh, to our two listeners and a big shout out as well to the person we're going to feature later in this episode who called. So stay tuned. I'm hoping that the, uh, three or four people who are, uh, team Jacob will, uh, call in. After yeah. This, and if you're team so Jacob and you just want to, that's all you want to say, in, call the in, show and say, support. I'm team Jacob. I, that's it. Hang I up. want that. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> that would, that would, Bam. I, I'm skeptical that those people actually exist. So I, I still don't, I'm not totally sure, but if they were to call, Tom, Tom, that would disprove my theory. There's so. always, there's always a, uh, remnant that is left <laughs> for me. <laughs> So if you're part of Jacob's remnant, please call the Yab line <laughs> anytime. Um, real quick, I mentioned also the Yabba log. That is our monthly bonus podcast, which normally features cut content from our two previous Yabcasts. But in this case, it was more like one because I, I lost the Jacob and Ryan audio files. But, um, but normally we have two episodes worth of bonus content on these monthly bonus episodes. And they are just for our Yabbers who pledge monthly on patreon so big shout out to our patreon audience you guys have been faithful from the beginning um big reminder we're in the middle of a a competition or a a journey right now to bring the convo cast back on a bi-monthly basis as well to go with the yobcast but in order to get to that point you guys we need to hit 200 patrons so i'm really excited to share the journey to chart the journey of our our patron count because when i put this out there on a couple episodes ago, we were at 185, 185 patrons all over the world. Amazing, crazy, great. Um, and then going to the next episode, our last episode, we rose to 187. So we had 187 patrons all around the world, inching closer and closer to 200. And you guys, as of this episode, we now have 184 <laughs> patrons. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so we are going the wrong direction. Let's try to turn this train around. No, that happens. So this happens every time. It's just like a Patreon thing. Like every time the month changes over, um, certain cards, certain credit cards get declined and then they have to update their cards. So it actually might be 187 still, or it might be 188. I have no idea. But as of now, like the, the legal number of cards that have been charged <laughs> that are accessed into the system is 184. Um, so we're still, we're still, you know, consistent, but, uh, um, but yeah, no, it'd be great if, like I said, if, if, if you've thought about pledging, if you wondered if, if you could, if you should, um, if you want to try it out for a little bit and then stop, you can stop anytime. It's, it's, you know, completely up to you, but, but that's the magic number. If we can get to 200, um, I would love to have these individual conversation podcasts, short form 
podcasts once again, because they're so much fun to do. So um, check out patreon.com slash your other bros for more information. And as always, if you guys want to support the show, if you're new, if you're a binger, if you've got gotten to this episode um, and you haven't rated reviewed us yet on Apple podcasts, go ahead, give us five stars and tell us why you love the show. Why your team, Jacob, etc. <laughs> what kind of underwear you wear, etc. Tell us what you want, and it would be it'd be great to have your support on Apple Podcasts as well. And then finally, big shout out. We, you know, Parathes is not the sponsor of this episode or officially any episode, but uh, the sponsor of this episode, because we're talking about the sex talk today, is Encyclopedia is one of those big, long, like, volumes that you mm-hmm. see when you go to the library and, like, all the spines connect to create, like, a, some sort of picture, some sort of, uh, like, puzzle almost. That's what I'm talking about. That's that is who's sponsoring this episode. Because if you're too scared to talk to your parents or they're too scared to talk to you, you go mm-hmm. there. <laughs> and that is mm-hmm. that is how many of us, as we're about to learn, learned about the human body. And it was a beautiful thing. So thank you, encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of one brand in particular, but I will not say their name. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm thinking of the same book. Same book. But we can talk later. <laughs> It rhymes with a ship that sunk in the ocean a hundred oh, no. years ago. <laughs> no, no. If anyone no, wants to connect the dots. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, we're talking about the sex talk, the talk today. Um, and I don't know how you guys feel about it because it's a little bit of a, I mean, I'm fine talking about it. I think it's funny now. Like I'm 33 years old. It's kind of funny and humorous to look back on. But at the time, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you guys felt at the time growing up as a single digit boy and then as a double digit and then as a teenager, like um, the concept of sex was just always so awkward and scary and weird. And why is it that way? Is it that way? Is it just that way? And that's just the way it is. And we just all have to adapt to that reality or could it be different? Like what's like your first general, let's just go around the room real quick. Like your first general, <laughs> your general reactions about sex as a kid growing up as let's say like, yeah, eight, nine, 10, 11, that, that age range right there. So um, I'll start. So I, I got the sex talk in probably second grade, uh, maybe third grade. I don't remember. Um, well, I, I, I'm never sure like how old that is typically. But I remember my dad um, deciding now's the time and um, kind of kicked off the conversation with a discussion of the theology of circumcision which is very on brand for my dad. Um, Wait, and second and, grade? Yeah. Uh, and Ooh, that wow. led to um, that led to how babies are made. Um, and I remember th- kind of thinking like, okay, uh, I'm not sure why you're telling me this. <laughs> like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not trying to make a baby, you know, like I don't like, you know, I, do I need to know? I don't think I need to know. Um, but then I remember, and also thinking it was kind of gross, um, and, and not really understanding like what's appealing about this, um, to anyone. Uh, and, and I think part of it is that my dad didn't describe it as something that's pleasurable or fun. Um, it was like just another, weird thing your body does like burping or pooping and um but and so i remember like going to sunday school the next sunday and um there's this other other girl about my age and in in the hallway i kind of like 
caught up to her and I was like, hey, uh, do you know what sex means? It's really gross. <laughs> he's like, she's like, yeah. Oh I don't know if she actually knew what it meant or not, but she's like, yeah, I know what it means. And, and, but I remember like part of, part of me felt like I had this like secret knowledge that, um, mm. that I wanted to like kind of use to prove myself, like prove my, um, having arrived somewhere, I guess. Um, and yeah. And so like for, for a while, I kind of didn't get like, um, why, why it was anything other than gross. And in fact, I remember like, um, and, and like, we're probably going to talk about like, you know, my, my dad's sex talk was all was, was about heterosexual sex. Um, and so I remember like the first time I heard about, um, gay sex or even the word gay was in fifth grade. Um, you know, during like we all the boys were lining up to go to the special, like, um, boys breakout session during the, uh, during the school sex talk. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the, the boy in front of me in line said something about, um, someone else about being gay. And I was like, Oh, what is, what does that mean? And he turned around and said, it's when, it's when a boy has sex with another boy. And I kind of like thought about it for a little bit. Like, I'm not sure you know how sex works. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's not going to work. Yeah. How does uh, that work? And I was like, so, uh, so like how, how would, how would they have sex? And, you know, then he explained anal penetration to me and I was like, mm. I, n- n- you know, that's, that's, that's even nastier. Um, it's kind of my thought at the time. And, and so even then, like, I kind of still didn't really see how, uh, any kind of sex was that appealing. Um, and, and, you know, as, as I went through puberty, like my thoughts about that changed. Um, but yeah, it was just like, kind of, I'm glad, um, like, I'm glad my parents decided that a young age was a good time for that. Um, I wish there had been a little more context about different sexual orientations. Um, but uh, but even though I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of gross and I'm not sure I really want to know or care about this. Um, like it was, it was a good decision, a good time. That's awesome. I'm going to get some diversity today. I can feel it already. Go to he- Let's go to <laughs> Jacob in the city of Forts. So what is your sex awakening <laughs> story uh, as a child, as a child growing up in that part of yeah, the country? There are, um, there are for sure some similarities to Ryan. I think that I, I know when I was younger and I think also just as a result of being um, raised in, in an evangelical church that was um, for sure in the, the realm of what we we would call a purity culture. Sex was never talked about as far as I can think back to in a positive light. And so I knew that it was a thing. Um, didn't know it was this very like uh, vague kind of mysterious thing and understood that if you were married that you could have it, but it was never seen as like like a good thing or something that like you really should do, but like you you can, you're like allowed to, but even, even then like you really shouldn't like ever have it. Um, I think 
at one point in time, I'm pretty sure I had argued with possibly kids at school who told me that my parents had had uh, sex, and I um, Wait, defended what? their their honor by saying no, they would never do that. <laughs> That's not my parents. They, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't do that at all. I. Um, uh, as far as I know, none of us kids ever had any kind of official talk. And so what I learned about sex growing up was kind of in bits and pieces um, up until, I guess, sixth, sixth or fifth grade when um, sex, sex ed was actually taught in school. Um, but even then, that was more so done in a way of like, these are all of the like horrible S. STDs you can get and why you shouldn't have sex. So um, they did the thing where like um, one one kid ate a uh, Cheeto and then spit it into a cup and then they passed it around and other kids spit into the cup or like I think I think also ate a Cheeto and spit into the cup. So you have this cup with this yellow cheesy saliva soup and that was supposed to represent the exchange of bodily fluids amongst sexual partners. So it's like, I'm why out. would you ever I never sleep want to have around? Sex. He has like, I'm I done. <laughs> no nope. story. Nope. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So that was, it was kind of, yeah, it was always, <laughs> now I'm thinking incurious thoughts about light. Cheetos cheese. <laughs> Ew, I'm just seeing wet, mm, soggy yeah. Cheetos in a cup. Oh, what a visual mm. that you have yeah. painted. And it was, it was also, it was also in that, that same sex ed class that I remember arguing with, with another boy about, I was trying to convince him <laughs> that if you masturbate, there is a risk of contracting an STD. <laughs> And I was like passionate about it. Like, so you were pro like, that's, STD. That's, that's like, that's the reason why. Yes, that was okay. it. I just really wanted one because it seemed cool after everyone spit in, spit into a cup. I I wanted to really drink the liquid Cheeto. Uh, and so uh, the first instance that I ever heard about men having sex was actually from my brother. Um, I straight Nate, who's remember, been on the show yeah, several times, which is which is kind of. Ironic, as he's also the first one who um, learned about my same-sex attraction, and he mentioned it in um, not like a long conversation, but basically told me how like sex between men involved their butts, and that, <laughs> and then the only other fact that sticks in in my head was that he he then said, and they have a lot of sex, like a lot, a lot of sex. <laughs> And so that was that was what I knew up until for you know until my and how did Nate come to learn years. this knowledge? We should have had he's him so on the knowledgeable. Show. Yeah. Yeah. He's so knowledgeable. Yeah, he is. Yeah, where he did is he just get this knowledge he is of a wise gay man. men having lots and lots and lots of sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With so their since butts. since he since he also didn't get the talk, like I think he had <laughs> he had learned all of his from the streets. sex knowledge from uh, from the from the streets mainly from from the hood of Metamore, Illinois. <laughs> and, but I think, yeah, I think just from peers at school, uh, like, um, so I'm pretty sure that was something that he probably heard from one of his friends. Uh-huh. And then I'm not even sure in what context he brought that up to me, but I, yeah, I remember not like 
I would I didn't find that appealing. <laughs> no, no I just picture that. him, yeah, sitting on this information. He's like, Oh, I can't wait to tell my little brother Jacob. Like, this is gonna <laughs> blow his yeah. world. This is gonna be crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And he just found you. You're just like playing a video game or reading a book or something. <laughs> he just had to tell you this information. That's how I yep. see it playing out. I like I think that's an excellent visual. I'll take it. <laughs> well, y'all, before I share my story. I actually wanted to put this out there and Jacob, you may or may not have seen these results. So you may have to disqualify yourself. Did you see the poll results in our group? What was the polling question? Okay. So I put out a poll. I love these new polls. I'm all about the polls. I'm all about the data, getting the data. Um, But I put out a poll to our Yabbers group on Facebook, all of our Patreon supporters. And I asked them, how old were you when you got the talk? If Hmm. ever you got the talk. And so I put four choices on the poll. And so I'd love Ryan to guess because Ryan you're not on Facebook. And so you are completely blind to the results. Jacob, I don't know if you've seen them, so I definitely don't want you no, to participate. I haven't. Okay. If you haven't. I haven't. Wow. <laughs> no, I just didn't want you to participate if you've so seen cruel. them. But uh, no, I haven't. So that's I great. Haven't. This will be a great, uh, yeah, fun, fun, fun with numbers and data. Um, but the four choices I put, put out there were under 10 years old, 11 to 13, 14 plus, or never got the talk. So what percentage of people... Um, well, I'm just going to ask that easiest way to ask this question is what percentage of our yobbers do you think never got the sex talk as a kid? Well, I'm, I'm wondering if it, like, I think it matters whether you're counting like the official sex talk at school, like in health class, which I realize not every school does that. So this is, Um, I asked, I guess with the parents is what I meant. So sex talk with parents, did you get it? Yes or no? Yeah. I'm thinking that it's higher than what i would expect so i'm mm. gonna go with 42 percent did not have the talk oh i was gonna go with 30 percent did never never had the talk you guys and this was this was like the crux of the conversation the great conversation that followed because this was like i feel like honestly this was an awakening for so many people 60 percent of our group has never gotten the talk from their parents what? 62 actually i'm i'm rounding 62 percent um we need to make thirds. we need to make this happen tom an entire <laughs> podcast series of parents giving their adult children the talk like make, yeah. make them pay yeah like, make them do what? it what the heck yeah no i was i was blown away i knew there would be a good number because i've talked to a good number of people over the years to kind of learn that that was i wasn't the only one because i never did i never got it that's that's my story um and so, but to see that number be that high, like over half, now granted, not everyone in the group voted. So I don't know what the actual number of, if you're going to be truly scientific, what the number of our entire group is, but of the Hmong, we had a decent number of votes. Um, like that's, that's still a big percentage. And then the rest of the rundown real quick um, was pretty consistent across the board. It was uh, 20% received the talk from their parents when they were 11 to 13. And then 9% um, received it between the ages of, well, under 10 and then over 14. So nine or uh, 6% there. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's shocking. I, I was not expecting that, but maybe it's not too shocking, honestly. Cause I think I just have a lot of, um, <laughs> I don't know. There's something off to me about the baby boomer generation that our parents tend to, like, I think all of our parents fall into that generation. Right. I just, I don't know. Like it's just an awkward, I just, I, I get the sense I've heard enough stories over the years that it's like, awkward conversations about sex or lack thereof, awkward conversations about homosexuality, certainly. Um, and I don't know what that, what that means. I don't know what, what like the next generation is going to be. So millennials having kids now 
certainly Gen Z kids, when they have kids, if they're not already, are the Gen Z kids having kids yet? They probably are. I, I don't know. I don't know the ages right now, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is, uh, not as uncommon as I thought it was. And, and we had a, re- a lot of great conversation in the group come from that, realizing that, uh, that they're not as alone as they thought they were not receiving the talk as a kid. One of our yabbers said this, I must say, it makes me glad hyphen sad, <laughs> glad hyphen sad to see how many other people never got the talk. I thought this was atypical. I thought the vast majority of people would have gotten it wild. And I echo, I echo that. Mm. I think from what you said about the whole like generational thing just had me wondering how much of that is, is people's age. So I didn't know if, if in that poll, if you had any visibility into like who actually voted for, for which, and if you kind of saw any uh, trends with like some of the older, older men like said, no, they haven't, or the younger ones haven't, or if there's any uh, correlation be- between like age and yeah, it's a good question. Having the talk. off the top of my head because I don't have the I can see who voted for what, but I, I don't have it in front of me right now on the screen. But um, from what I remember, yeah, you know, it was a lot of people our age. So it was you know, and we have we have some older people in our group too. So there might have been a few of those sprinkled in there. But but I do recall just like a ton of twenty and thirty somethings who who voted for that never that never option. So. The way I phrased it was still waiting, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> we're still, we're still waiting. We haven't gotten it yet. That doesn't mean it's, it's yeah. still coming. We could still get it, but Same. it just hasn't happened yet. So, and that's kind of just like branching into my story. Like I, yeah, I waited, I waited. I knew it was a thing and I don't know. I can't remember the first time I heard about it. Honestly, you know what? It might've been, this is going to be so sad. You, you guys, I can't believe I'm sharing this. It might've been like <laughs> watching the Mari show. <laughs> because <laughs> you know on the mario mm. show the big joke is that they're always doing these paternity tests and trying to figure oh, out yeah. who's the father who's the father and i'm like yep. wait but like you have to be married to have kids so mm-hmm. how how can these people who aren't even together they don't even love each other they clearly hate each other they're screaming throwing chairs and running off the set and everything like how how can that person be the dad of a baby like how did how does that even come out? I think honestly, something like that triggered just all these questions. Like how does how do babies even happen, and how do how does sex happen? And you know, I read about you know, I grew up in church, I went to Christian school, and learned all about marriage and everything. And so I understand that a physical thing happens to create life, but I thought it could only happen in the context of marriage. Like I literally thought for years and years and years that that was the only way you could have sex was to be married, and therefore that's the only way you can have kids. But no, people can have sex whenever, however they want. It's uh, that's obviously completely up to the individuals there. But, um, but yeah, no, I was just so confused about it and, and kept waiting and waiting. And um, it was just an awkward, awkward thing to ever bring up. I never did. It was never brought up in, in my home. And so I remember we joked about the sponsor of the show encyclopedias. I remember having a childhood encyclopedia. It was like, you know, yay, yay thick, a um, couple inches thick. And it was full of pictures and it had all kinds of just random articles. I don't know who, who edited this and who put it together, but it was a ch- childhood encyclopedia with like maybe one or 200 topics and things in there. And, um, and one of them was about the male and female anatomy. And I guess our sexual reproduction, I guess, was the, the topic there. And, um, and I definitely studied. I studied the images and I was reading all the terms. And I was like, oh, like this is like that. Aww. That is my first distinct memory of learning how anything works. And it was by no means 
conclusive and I never, it wasn't like, okay, now I know everything there is to know about how this works, but it definitely was the first thing that I was like, oh, okay, like males and females, we have different body parts and mm-hmm. this goes here and this creates this. And, and that was like my first foray. And I don't know how old I must've been probably yeah, eight or nine, 10 years old, something like that. But, uh, but I didn't never, never heard about it from, from my parents and, and didn't hear about it in school until ninth grade. I don't know what, what ages you guys had any health classes or anything, but in ninth grade that we had a health class that was split up into guys versus girls. And we knew from the get go that at some point it wasn't just about sex ed, but at some point there would be a sex ed component to our health classes. And, um, you guys, it was so awkward. I forget if I've mentioned this on the show before, but our teacher who was a coach, we actually was run by two guys who were both coaches and, and one of the coaches had squeaky sneakers and we would hear him walking down the hallway with his squeaky sneakers <laughs> to health class. And we knew it was time. It was time to get this show on the road. And <laughs> it was scary because, you know, there's 30 or 40 of us in this Christian high school and our paperwork, our, 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 uh, what is it? Our curriculum. We have these little booklets and it's just terms. It's just like a booklet of terms. <laughs> and, he makes it clear the coach that's running this thing. There's like one loud coach and one like soft-spoken coach. It was like good cop, bad cop. It was such a weird buddy team <laughs> to lead this thing. And from the get-go, he's like, "We're just going to go around the room, and we're just not going to have any shame. We're going to read the term out loud. Go around the room. It's your turn. You read your term. Read the definition. And if you have any questions, anyone raise their hand. You can ask any question you want." And I just remember praying, "Please, dear Lord Jesus, let me have a term that's not." awful. Like there's, there's some terms like ejaculation and vaginal discharge. And there's just, there are some brutal ones. I was like, I cannot (laughs) vocally put that out into the universe, please. And so I think I honestly did get an easy one, like egg, like I got egg. I think, I think that was my, my term that I had to read, but, um, but man, that was, it just like heightened everything. The awkwardness of this topic, like, why is it so, it just feels so dramatic. Like we're putting a spotlight on it or there's like not or it's in the shadows. Like there's no in between, like it's just like super bright and awkward and, or we just don't talk about it. And then it like festers mm-hmm. and, and everything. Those are like my two bipolar reactions to the topic going from eight, nine, 10 years old with that encyclopedia to, to being a ninth grader, like 14, I guess, 14, 15 years old. So, um, so that's my fun <laughs> journey with the, with the talk or the lack thereof. That reminds me, um, the elementary school I went to in Massachusetts for third grade, uh, they would give their first like kind of health lesson like that in fourth grade. Uh, so we moved before I got to it, but everyone was talking about, oh yeah, when you're in fourth grade, you go to, uh, and this is the name of it. Uh, well, it was called learning about myself and others, but everyone called it LAMO, like the acronym. <laughs> so like when you're in fourth grade, you go to LAMO and that <laughs> class is wild. <laughs> so LAMO and it didn't occur wild. to me till later, like, oh, what what that must have been. <laughs> so that actually just reminded me that at church in Sunday school, there were a few years that there was actually like where they um separated the boys and the girls and there was actually like a bit of like sexy sex Mm. talks that happened i don't think it was anything super pivotal but it did it it did exist and also we owned a um 
a complete full set of, I believe, the 1993 World Book encyclopedias. Mm. That Ooh. so where like a single letter is a is a book, right? And I absolutely pulled out S, the S section, and P, <laughs> and V. Yeah, <laughs> looked at all the things that I possibly could of what right what what is this. Yeah, we had also the giant World Book Encyclopedia. I think mine was like 1964 or something. So you were definitely uh, up with the times. Mm. Um, this is all I also pre, just remembered pre-internet. Uh, yeah, pre-internet, y'all. It was wild. Like you would look up Sex in the Dictionary, and it would be just like thrilling. Yeah. Um, Kids have it so easy these days. They can Google, they can Google <laughs> anything in a heartbeat. Prior to the sex talk, my mom always told me that um, that like babies came out of her belly button, um, mm. and so I was a little confused about that um, after, like even after the talk, because my dad did not dispel that notion, um, and so that was a realization later that oh no, there's no way a baby's coming out of the belly button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I've ever thought babies came out of the belly button, but I definitely I didn't know what what went on down there, so I was. <laughs> oblivious you know it's like well i know it's in the belly but how it gets out just trust the process i don't know it does it just finds a way it finds a way somehow um going back to like learning how things work because one of our authors eugene he called in a couple episodes ago our last episode actually big shout out to eugene um but he had this to comment on on this episode regarding the talk um he said In my case, I kind of had more of a puberty talk for my dad around 11 or 12. He mainly talked about the bodily changes to expect, but I definitely was uncomfortable hearing my dad saying the word penis, so it didn't last long. I don't think he talked about the actual act of sexual intercourse and child conception, but my mom sort of did years later. They're hoping my middle school health class would fill in all the details there. I don't really know if I wasn't paying attention in class or not, but I think they were sort of vague on it too. They always said the male ejaculates and the sperm fertilizes the egg, but I'm like, how does it get to the egg? Do the little sperms crawl into the woman's skin? <laughs> <laughs> I love that image. <laughs> the sperm oh, just, boy. it's got to find a way. It's burrowing, burrowing <laughs> into the skin. Ew. But to his credit, I mean, I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing alongside him because I'm like, yes. I, I was yep. clueless too. Like how, how does it work? Like I, I just didn't have any kind of confines to this. I don't know if like parents and school teachers just expect you to pick up on it and know it somehow. Like how, how else are we going to know if you don't, spell it out and tell us, you know, I don't know if you guys think a lot about fatherhood from your perspective. Like if you ever think about being a father, if you ever think about raising a kid one day, if that's an option, if that's a thing that you've ever considered. And if it is, if you start to like go down that rabbit trail a little bit and think about like, okay, how would I do things differently? And when it comes to raising a son, you know, or a daughter too, for that matter. But, um, obviously we're all boys here in the, in the house here today. But, uh, but I think about that often from speaking for myself, I think about having a son someday, like what that could be like and what that would be like when it comes to this messy area. And it doesn't have to be messy. Like that's the thing in my head. It's, it's messy because that's the way I was raised in it. It was, it was confusing and scary and awkward and we don't talk about it. Or when we do, we make it super awkward and silly in a classroom where we're reading it out loud, which just feels totally unnatural. And like Snickers are going all around the room not the candy bar, but like, you know, it was just like, that's, that's my upbringing with sex. And I think there's, I think there's absolutely a carryover to how I view sex today. Like I've never had it. Don't know what that's like. Don't know if I'd be good at it, if I'd enjoy it. I have no idea, but it's, it remains to be, it remains a foreign, just scary, awkward topic. A lot of it because of 
of that upbringing that I had. And so I've wondered a lot about how I might do things differently. And before I get to you guys' perspective, I reached out to our resident father in our group, Dean. And I, I wanted Dean to, to check in because I wanted to hear his sex awakening story growing up. And then, and the fact that he has a child, like, does he think about the, I'm sure he does. Like, I was like, what's your approach? Like, how are you going to handle the sex talk with your child, you and your wife, um, when the time comes or has it already even started coming? And so he had this to say, he called the Yab line, you guys, and he had this to say. So take a listen. Hey guys, this is Dean Samuels. I heard that y'all are talking about the talk such a fun topic. I have a fun perspective because I'm a parent, so this is, <laughs> I'm on the other end now. Um, I didn't get the talk when I was growing up. I uh, I just didn't get anything. So I researched with encyclopedias, used that to kind of research some terms and that sort of thing when I was like nine or 10. Uh, and then good old Google became my uh, sex ed teacher. And let me tell you, Google is a his poor sex ed teacher. Sorry, Tom, you'll probably have to bleep that out. Anyway, uh, so yeah, since then, I have, I said, because I've wanted to be a dad for a long time, I thought, okay, how am I going to approach this with my kids? Uh, so now I actually have the chance. So my daughter's young, uh, and I don't talk about it much, but I'll talk a little bit about the general approach that uh, Lisa and I are taking, and that is we are not shying away from it. Um, even now, we've started having some initial conversations because the reality of the matter is, the talk is not one talk. It isn't. There's a comic strip uh, that I love. Bill Amend writes the Foxtrot comic strip, and there's a, a series in there where the mom talks to her teenage daughter, and she brings up and says, okay, it's time to have the talk. And the daughter goes, we had the talk already, and the mom responds, we had one talk, yes. It's time for the next one. And it's such a great truth. This is not a single conversation. So you start young. Um, so Elise and I started young just explaining the body. Here's your body. Here's how you made it. Here is how God made it. Like here, here's here's your body. This is your body. Here's the names of it. We we've told her the official names. We're not doing any sort of fancy language for her. We're giving her the actual names for her body. Um, because I know this from a counseling perspective. If something happens to a child, uh, a counselor to confirm that a child has indeed been molested has to hear the the child say those words or point to those parts of their body. And so giving a child language empowers them to do that. It should, you know, God forbid something ever happen to them. As the child gets older, we start talking about, um, you know, what's appropriate and what's inappropriate when it comes to touch and why that is, why there's certain areas of the body we don't touch on other people and why there's certain areas in our own bodies we won't, you know, touch when we're in public because that's just not what they're intended to be. And then as they get ready for puberty, we start having to talk about puberty. Hey, heads up, this is what's coming. You need to know this. Um, so yeah, that's going to be my approach as a parent. Multiple talks, multiple conversations. Yeah, I think that's a really important point that the talk isn't, isn't just one talk. It needs to be, it needs to be an ongoing conversation. Um, and, you know, as, as a kid, I would have been very resistant to that. Um, because, you know, who wants, you know, what, what kid is like wanting to have this conversation over and over again with their parents. But I think it would have been good. Um, it would have been good. And, and yeah, I think the, uh, the age that you have the talk is, is a good question. I think the right age is probably younger than you'd expect. Um, because, um, 
because kids just are going to talk about this stuff at school and you want to, you want them to hear it from you first. Um, and I think even the age to talk about homosexuality is, is also younger than you'd expect. Um, you know, because like kids are learning. Well, so like if your kid's old enough to learn about heterosexuality, I think your kid's old enough to learn about homosexuality, like about, I mean, Disney movies for, you know, for six-year-olds have uh, people with heterosexual orientations and you can tell that they have heterosexual orientations. And so I think kind of there's no, there's no age that's too young to set this groundwork for uh, being homosexually oriented is this shame, isn't this shameful thing. It's just, it's something that, um, that some people experience that is true about some people. And it doesn't need to be this like extra taboo thing. Like even within the taboo realm of sex, there's also mm-hmm. this extra taboo area of homosexuality that, um, you know, if you do get the sex talk, you still might not ever um, get the talk that gives you uh, a way to think about yourself um, if you're if you're gay. Mm-hmm. And I think that when when the talk isn't just this like one one event and then it's never brought up ever again, I think that kind of helps take away some of the awkwardness. Um, it kind of harkens back to what you had said earlier, Tom, about how like either when we talk about sex, it's like in your face, everything, let's read all the the terms and like do like a six, a six hour journey all at once through, through sex, or it's either that where it's everything, or we just don't ever uh, uh, speak of it. And so I think that like, it sounds like a very wise thing to have it be kind of an ongoing conversation that uh, grows and matures along with your child. I think, I think too, something that would have been really helpful um, is that when you are talking about like sex and um, if you're uh, Christians, odds are good you're t- talking about sex and marriage at the same time. And I think to kind of to normalize the idea of um, getting married and having sex are not actually a, a guaranteed reality. And so I think even just from a young age, using words like if as opposed to when, when it, when it comes to having sex mm-hmm. or uh, getting married, I think when just, even just like something as, as little as that, I think would make a big difference. Yeah. I'm just thinking about just like how hard it was so hard for parents, the, for the baby boomers clearly across the board and in, uh, in our group, but uh, you know, I imagine in lots of other places too, that it was so hard for them to talk about heterosexual sex. I'm just trying to visualize them then explaining gay sex to their kids. their their little uh, teeny boppers. Like I can't imagine uh, how that would have gone down for my own life. And uh, these uh, 62, my fellow 62 uh, percenters in the group, that would have been, that would have been quite something, but but man, how how beautiful would that have been just to like grow up with the the language and the just like the understanding and just like to be able to have something that's so awkward and festering not be that way is inconceivable to me. So I think about that as as you know, as like a dean, as as a good friend of mine and as a father raising a child and and you know, as someone like me who also never got to talk from his parents growing up, like how he's seeking to remedy that and how he's seeking to um to do it differently with, with his own, with his own offspring. Like that's, that's really cool to see 
some sort of redemption story happened there because man, if his child can grow up and, and not have sex be awkward and, and have it be a comfortable topic that, that can be brought up either with, with him or his wife or both. Um, like what an amazing, what amazing thing for the, certainly for the next 10 or 15 years, but even like beyond that, like that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I guess in closing, you know, because we are, we are a faith community, it would be, it'd be great to talk about faith for a second. Just do you guys think about like, when you think about sex, you know, it's, you know, sex between humans, like God, the fact that God created it has always felt weird to me. I don't know if you guys ever feel that way, but it always, because sex has always just felt weird to me in general. The fact that God then created it also is like, like, why, why was that the method? Like, why was that the way that we create life and where two people experience like such a, an intimate experience together? Like, what what was going through God's imagination <laughs> to, to, to create this thing? Do you guys ever think about that at all? Or, or is that just me? Yeah, I think that's uh, being raised with only hearing about sex as sort of a negative thing and mostly a, a sinful thing. It has been hard for, for me to think about, wait, so like sex was actually God's idea and is meant to be a really good thing. And, but like when I, I also think about it as being this like very, a dirty thing, this very icky thing that I don't want uh, God to ever be a part of or to ever see. Like he didn't have anything to to do with that. So that's that has been something that I've had to um, kind of rewire in my head to actually get that um, that thinking uh, correct. I know that when it comes to like when I talk to to God about sex um it's usually i'm usually crying it's usually not like a positive uh conversation and i think like i mean the i can count on one hand the times in my life that i've even wanted to have have sex and um from what i've heard from married folks like there is a um it is it seems to be unlike anything else and i think it is it is meant to be like there's the the idea of that one that one flesh union is incredibly unique and i think that there's there's something about um probably not being able to experience that kind of unique oneness and unity with um a person who i married to is really hard and um, it's only been in in recent years that I've even kind of have started to felt the weight of of what of what that means to probably not ex- uh, experience that, um, and it hasn't been easy. Yeah, I guess when I think of like sex from a faith point of view, one thing I keep coming back to is the question of like, what is sex for? Uh, spiritually or theologically or in terms of like um you know we say god created it and then well what what, what's it for then like what did he create it for is it for uh is it for solving loneliness is it for completing me is it for gratifying my body is it for um you know is it is it for connecting with people is it for creating new life is it what's it for? Um, and, and I'm not going to propose an answer to that question. Um, 
so much as I will say that like I found that line of thinking to be more fruitful in kind of like making me willing to own this position where I've landed uh, with in, in terms of like sexual ethics and me believing that um, that that partnering with a man sexually or romantically uh, would would not be a faithful thing for me to do. Um, so like, you know, you, you think of all the, the, the so-called clobber passages in the Bible where, you know, we kind of fight battles over this passage does or doesn't say that two men should have sex or not. Um, all that stuff is sort of like beside the point to me, because I think, uh, when I start thinking through like, what is, what is sex for, um, that, that is kind of like what the kind of thinking that leads me to believe what I do about, um, about sex and marriage. Can I be honest? Sex scares me. Always has. The physical act and vulnerability, the emotional vulnerability too. To open oneself up to another human like that. Nowhere to hide or cover up. Maybe it's hard to believe in this sex-crazed age, but I honestly don't ever want to have sex. I remember hearing back in middle school and high school how much my male classmates talked about girls, their physical and sexual swirls of desire. One even flashed me a picture of a naked woman in his wallet one time and said he looked at it often. Or of hearing stories today from my married friends about how hard, if not near impossible, it was for them to wait, if even they did or how many bases they ran before they ultimately did have sex. Regarding my classmates from yesteryear, I wonder what was wrong with them? Or looking more inwardly, what's wrong with me? Why don't I want what they want? Sex with a woman, sure, but sex with anyone. Am I, am I missing something? Did, did God forget to install something in me? Beyond this human duty of procreation or the pursuit of any spikes of pleasure, is there anything deeper that any of us are after when it comes to sex? Or in my case, when it doesn't? Speaker and author Rob Bell has this to say about sex in his book, Sex God. Bell writes, in the first chapter of Genesis, when God creates the first people, he blesses them. This is significant. God's blessing is the peace of God resting on people. The story begins with humans in right relationship, in healthy, life-giving connection with their maker. All of their other relationships flow from the health of this one central relationship, people and God. They're connected with the earth, with each other. They're naked and feel no shame. And then everything goes south. They choose another way, and they become disconnected. God goes looking for them in the garden, asking, where are you? The first humans make coverings of fig leaves, and then they're banished from the garden, disconnected from each other, disconnected from the earth. The woman is told that there's going to be conflict between her and the man. The man is told there's going to be conflict between him and the soil. And this is where you and I come in. We were born into a world, into a condition of disconnection. Things were created to be a certain way, and they're not that way. And we feel it in every fiber of our being. Is this why the first thing newborns do is cry? 
We're severed and cut off and disconnected in a thousand ways, and we know it, we feel it, we're aware of it every day. It's an ache in our bones that won't go away. And so from an early age, we have this awareness of the state of disconnection we were born into, and we have a longing to reconnect. Scholars believe that the word sex is related to the Latin word, secare, which means to sever, to amputate, or to disconnect from the whole. This is where we get words like sect, section, dissect, bisect. Our sexuality then has two dimensions. First, our sexuality is our awareness of how profoundly we're severed and cut off and disconnected. Second, our sexuality is all the ways we go about trying to reconnect. Bell continues, we have to rethink what sexuality is. For many, sexuality is simply what happens between two people involving physical pleasure. But that's only a small percentage of what sexuality is. Our sexuality is all of the ways we strive to reconnect with our world, with each other, and with God. A friend of mine, Bell says, has given his life to standing with those who have been forgotten and oppressed the most. He's in his early 30s, he's single, and he talks openly about his celibacy. What makes his life so powerful is that he's a very sexual person, but he has focused his sexuality, his energies for connection, on a specific group of people. Some of the most sexual people I know are celibate. They sleep alone. They've chosen to give themselves to lots of people to serve and give and connect their lives with beautiful, worthy causes. You can be having sex with many, and yet you're alone. And the more sex you have, the more alone you are. And it's possible to be sleeping alone and celibate and be very sexual, connected with many. It's also possible to be married to somebody and sharing the same bed and be very disconnected. And Bell describes sexuality as a metaphor saying, it's always about something else, something deeper, something behind it all. You can't talk about sexuality without talking about how we were made. And that will inevitably lead you to who made us. At some point, you have to talk about God. And so my brothers, be you single or married, young or old, sex crazed, sex starved, or sex avoidant. All you who have breath, breath breathed into by God, were made for connection, connection with your maker and connection with your fellow man. It is a good and sacred thing to connect and to reconnect. It is what you were made for. So may you step boldly into this purpose today. However scary, however foreign, whatever shame you carry, however you feel able or unable to do so. May the God of the garden, the God of today, the God of goodness, the God of sex and connection meet you and guide you this day. May we trust him to lead us and may we ever follow, bridging the gaps that once separated us, separating us no longer. So here's my impression of somebody's dad wrapping up the talk. Oh, well, uh, I'm glad we talked about this, son. Um, you know, it's it's a little awkward, but it's important to talk about. And um, if you have any questions, uh, you, you know where to find me. So there, <laughs> say, we did it. Leave, we had the yeah, love it. Yeah, you have to throw in the bit about if you have any questions. Like, yes, I'm going to come straight to you immediately. Absolutely. <laughs> after that.
Right. Very, very nice. Yeah. This was a, it's an awkward topic and it was certainly awkward. It's less awkward now. It was way more awkward 20 years ago for me, but um, I appreciate y'all diving into this with me and sharing some of your perspectives and stories. I see there's a lot of differences, but then there's a lot of similarities too, um, both in this room and then in our, in our Yabbers group with the comments that I saw. And there were a ton, I only picked out a couple, but um, it seems like by and large, it was pretty, pretty awkward for a lot of people. So I definitely want anyone who who's listening and and hearing about this, hearing us talk about it. Like, uh, yeah, if it was awkward for you, guess what? It was awkward for so many others too. Um, <laughs> and I'd love to hear your awkward sex talk story, man. That is what we live for right now. Go over to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast, find the episode 63 post on the sex talk and tell us a story. Did you get the talk? Did you not get it? Are you still waiting? Um, and just like, what was in general, what was your, your view of sex growing up? Is it something you wanted? Is it something you were scared of? Was it awkward? A little bit of everything. Um, yeah, I just would love to love to learn. And, and again, share, share commonalities with, with everyone who's listening. And if you feel so inclined and you want to call us, like I said earlier in the show, we've had several people start calling us now, which is really cool. 706-389-8009. Call the Yob line anytime and tell us your sex talk story. Or if you have a question to ask us, or if you want to impersonate a nine-year-old child <laughs> asking their dad about sex for the first time or second time, and you want to ask us questions, please, those would be fun to answer as well. <laughs> and maybe Dean, maybe Dean, our resident father will be on a future episode and maybe he can answer some of those questions, give him practice with his, uh, with his child. That could be really cool. So uh, we love to hear from our listeners. Or if you wish to call in and just uh, yell out team Jacob. That's also a right. Don't forget. You can also time. proclaim Don't your forget. devotion to team Jacob. That's, that's <laughs> a thing apparently. Uh, a big thanks to our sponsor encyclopedias. We're at least half of our podcast crew today would not be here without you with that, with your, without the knowledge you provided on this topic of sex. So thank you to encyclopedias. Those big old volumes you see at the library. If you still go to libraries, if they still have encyclopedias, the ones with all the letters. Yes, those. We thank you for giving us what <laughs> our families and our schools failed, <laughs> failed to do. We appreciate you. All right, you guys. Well, we'll be back in two weeks for another Yobcast. Jacob and Ryan, thank you for being here. Always good to see of you, fellas. My pleasure. For all your other brothers, my name is Tom. And I'm Ryan. And this is Jacob. Reminding you, you are not alone. Even the sparrows... And the bees <laughs> find home. We never talked about why is it even called that? The birds and the bees. I never understood that. Yeah, like, who's Cliff, the birds and the bees? Yeah, who's who's yeah. what and what? what is this? Anyway, see y'all next they time. They are very <laughs> sexy creatures. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. Theme music is Fear Is Not My Lover by Nathan Rousseau. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. Or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Your Other Bros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks, like bonus podcast content, 
access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.